Episode 21 of the Book of Basketball 2.0 on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by State Farm. Just like basketball, the game of life is unpredictable. Talk to a State Farm agent and get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. You know what was unexpected in 2003? Robert Horry missing a potential game-winning three-point shot in a playoff game. Very unexpected. Get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Talk to a State Farm agent. Today, we're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can find the Bill Simmons Podcast, as well as the Rewatchables, which I'm on this week for Vision Quest, as well as all the other great Ringer Podcasts and the uh, Ringer NBA show, all the stuff we're doing on that end. Check out theringer.com as well if you want to read one of the best websites in North America. Coming up, a podcast that Shea Serrano and I taped last summer. Um, I'd kind of been saving it for the right week, and this feels like the right week, but uh, just remember that we taped this well before all the Kobe stuff, obviously. So when we're talking about Kobe, um, I think we were talking about him honestly and really positively because he was great in the game we're about to talk about. It is uh, from 2003, Spurs-Lakers, Tim Duncan's Apex Mountain, to borrow a rewatchables term. That's all coming up. My name is Bill Simmons. This is The Book of Basketball. All right, it's a book of basketball podcast. Today we are doing a sports rewatchable. Shea Serrano is yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. We didn't kill each other after the Reggie Miller pod that we taped. I sh- we Thank have. God. Should you would have killed me. I just would have been an innocent bystander. Um, today we're doing a lost great game that never gets mentioned <laughs> ever. I, I've mentioned it to a few people I know who mm-hmm. love basketball, mm-hmm. and I would say we were doing this game, and they would just have a blank look on their face. Yes. And then as you tell them about the game, five seconds into it, they go, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Hori missed the three that almost went in. Mm-hmm. This was a huge, massive, kind of league-altering game and is never mentioned ever this way. Now, you have, why don't you do your whole thing about the 2003 Spurs that you feel like America has just decided to overlook this team? Yeah, and I don't understand why. We've got the best version of Tim Duncan that we ever got. Ever. Like, Ever. We're talking about one of the six best basketball players of all time. Yes. During this series. Um, just a fundamentally fun team. Rookie year for Manu. Tony Parker in his second year. Some point guard controversy between him, Jason Kidd, and somehow Speedy Claxton. Yeah. And we got Malik Rose, who's wearing braces. <laughs> Who doesn't love a basketball team? You got a guy with braces Yeah, on he's it. like 25. Yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. David Robinson's last year. David Robinson's last year. He goes out with a championship. No other way for David to go out. A bunch of vets. Steve Kerr, Danny Ferry. Uh, we mentioned Robinson. Steve Smith, Kevin Willis. This was like the classic, we have a playoff team. We have some good young guys. We have a franchise guy. Let's put some smart old people around them. And we And we had a guy on there who was like excited about the possibility of possibly fighting someone. And Steven Jackson, just fearless, just the, wanted every piece of it. The, bone too. the most unlike spur the Spurs have probably had. Absolutely not. Who Richard Jefferson. 
Richard Jefferson oh, yeah, especially. That's, yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> yeah, that's in a different way, Richard yeah, Jefferson. Richard but Jefferson. But yeah, I don't even think people totally remember not only Stephen Jackson was on the 2003 Spurs, but was like wildly important to them winning a title. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of has morphed into something else career-wise, the Artest Melee, Golden State. Now he's got this media career, and the Spurs thing's part of that. And meanwhile, this is the biggest moment of his career. Yeah, what I really liked about Stephen Jackson is that he was like a— if you're okay, I'm gonna go back to fighting. If you're in a fight, it's one on one fight, and Steven Jackson shows up, and you're his friend, it's no longer a one on one fight. Now it's a two on one fight. He's getting in there every single time. And we saw this the basketball version of it. Every time the Spurs got on a big run, or they were like, you could feel the momentum shifting, Steven Jackson showed up hit two or three threes in a row, yeah. started celebrating down the court. He wore this, he wore a black mouthpiece and he would open his mouth real big and you wouldn't see any teeth and it was the weirdest thing. But he started doing shit like that and it was very intimidating and you just loved him. When they came back against the, the Mavericks in game six in Dallas, yeah. he was a big part of that the Steve run. Steve Kerr game. When they had the 19-0 run against the Nets in the finals in game six, he was a big part of that run. He's fantastic. I love Steven Jackson. When you say he's the kind of guy who will be on your side in a fight, Unfortunately, we found that out the hard way about a, a year and a <laughs> half later when Ron Artest goes in the stands and Steven Jackson has no idea what's going on. He's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm right with you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. he and just goes just in. he's throwing haymakers because that's who he is. You love, Great a guy, you love a guy like that. Um, well, that was one of the legacies of this team. The biggest legacy is 2003 Duncan. This yes. is peak, perfect Duncan. Perfect. Both of his legs work. He's, he can spin both ways on his jump hooks, and mm-hmm. he's got a spin up and under move, and you can put him on the left block. He can go into the lane with his little leaning jump hook, mm-hmm. or he can spin around the other mm-hmm. day and do the fast layup. He's got the 15-foot bank shot. He can go on the other on the other side, on the other block, on the right side, right. and just jump hook you to death. He's going to give you all of it. He's got seven different moves. He's probably the closest. My favorite low post guy ever was Kevin McHale. Of course. And he probably had these McHale's, seven of McHale's best eight moves. The only one he didn't have was the little fake the jump hook, step back, fall away shot. Yeah. That was like a McHale special. Yeah. But he had all the other ones. And he's just at the peak of, the power, of his powers. We're going to get to all the stuff that he did in this thing. You have Robinson at the tail end. 23 and a half minutes a game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's given them an eight and seven. Uh, this was somebody who was the biggest specimen in the league in the early 90s. Yeah. If you were like, what is, if God created an athlete, what would that athlete mm-hmm. look like? You would have been like David Robinson. Yeah. So he's at the tail end of that. The Steve Kerr game is the next round. That's another thing people yes. remember about this thing. Game where six. The sports movie come to life. Four threes in a row. 12th bah, bah, man. Bah, bah. We need him. Boom, boom, boom. By the fourth one, all the Spurs are just jumping on the Go, bench. David's like on the bench movie. going nuts. Yeah, he's like, yeah. He's like Chong Lee <laughs> in Bloodsport. He's just jumping up and down. And then uh, another thing that happened here, Pop kind of was in the conversation after this. Yeah. Because now he'd won two and five. He'd won a, a title with really only one all-star. Mm-hmm. And this was a Phil Jackson. He had just won six in a row with the Bulls. He had just won three in a row with the Lakers. Mm -hmm. Or not six in a row, six in eight years with the Bulls. It was Phil Jackson's the best coach of all time. Pop didn't take his title with this. No. But he didn't take his title until he handed he handed 14. his yeah he handed his resume yeah. to the committee. He's like, just can you he opened the put door. this on your desk? Hey, what are y'all talking about in here? That's yeah. what he did. Yeah, yeah, it was a door opening. Um, I should mention I went back and read all of the 2003 NBA columns I wrote, which wasn't many because I was working for Jimmy Kimmel Show at the time, <laughs> so it was a little bit of a drop. But 
I just never believed in this Spurs team completely. Nobody did. I picked the Lakers over them. I wrote a piece after this game heading into the like the weekend, and I was like, I still think the Lakers win in seven. They were the favorites, yeah. which is crazy because the Spurs won, like, I think, 10 more games than they did that season. We had home court advantage. And then the Nets, it was like Duncan and Kidd are the two best players in the league. The Nets have been there I before. disagree with that. No, this is how people felt oh, at the okay, time. Okay, okay, It was like, finally, the two best players are going to play, blah, 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 and then the Spurs waxed them, uh, which leads us to the legacy of the 2003 Lakers. They've won three straight. Mm-hmm. After 01, when they won the second one, when they almost go undefeated in the playoffs. Yes. And everybody's like, fuck. They're, yeah. they're going to win 10 straight. This is bad. With their first, with the, the title in 2000, you were like, mm, y'all got lucky. You got, you got yeah, a little bit Shaq lucky. Yeah, Shaq was in shape. Tim it's, was hurt. Yeah. Timmy got hurt. Um, he didn't play after in the playoffs. Like, you guys got lucky. And 2000, the 2002 title, everyone was like, you guys got lucky. Um, Sacramento got cheated. They should have won. But the 2001 title, there's just, you, there's no argument to make against them being one of the greatest teams of all time. They were just crushing Everybody. They had two of the three best players in the yeah. league. <laughs> Probably two Not of counting the two. Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Duncan, it was those three in yeah. some order. And it had never really happened before. Mm-hmm. Like the Celtics in the in the 60s, Russell versus Elgin and Jerry. Mm-hmm. But like Wilt was still in the league. Oscar, yeah. like they weren't two of the best three. That was a hard finals to watch. So that Lakers team, they'd won three straight. Kobe's really starting to feel himself. This is turning into uh, The Wire. This is Avon versus uh, Stringer to some degree, where they're just kind of sizing each other up, realizing that this this partnership might not be lasting long-term. Yeah, that's the first season he averaged 30, uh, 30 a game. He had. I, I was stunned. I had kind of forgotten how great his stats were. Yeah. 37 and 6 For during this- when, when the pace wasn't that crazy. Yeah. Uh, 45, 38, 84 percentage splits, 26.4 PR, and first team all defense. Mm-hmm. So this is basically Pete Kobe, but we don't think of it that way because we think 06 is Pete Kobe. But I actually think he was better this season talent-wise. This was like the start of him realizing he's going to be the guy. on Because he had a, he was in the cover of Dime magazine that year, and that's where he had the quote where he was like, when am I going to get to show people what I can do without Shaq? Or some version of that. Right. We had that. That was the, the Stringer Avon thing yeah. where everybody's like, whoa. This that was, was the balcony scene. And this was also the first season he outscored Shaq. Yes. In the, in the, in the play. Like, this well, was we left the, out a crucial part here. Shaq. Give it to me. Waits too long before the season, but during the summer before the yeah, season, yeah, yeah. they get toe surgery. Uh-huh. Ends up getting it, misses a bunch of games. They start out three and nine. After 30 games, they're 11 and 19. Mm-hmm. And this is, we don't have the machine in place that we have now, where nowadays it would be Max Kellerman, Stephen A, Million Podcast, Basketball Twitter. It would be what's going on with the Lakers night after night after yeah. night. Back then it was, PTI, the Inside the NBA guys, mm-hmm. a couple sports columnists online. All, all you had to do was turn your TV off for an hour and a half and you missed all of that part. <laughs> right. of yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're kind of wondering what's going on. They rally, they finished 15-32, but it's like a joyless team. Yes. And Shaq and Kobe are clearly, a, it's a bad marriage now. It's not a gone girl level bad marriage, <laughs> but it's a bad marriage. Chick Hearn died before the season, which I think worth mentioning because you get that random death of an icon right before the year, and it's kind of puts a little paw. Um, Rick Fox tore ligaments in his foot before the playoffs, which hurt them. 
You look at the Lakers they put out, the 03 Lakers. Here are guys that actually play it in the game we're about to do. Uh, Derek Fisher is the fourth best player of the team. Debbie and George, <laughs> Slava Medvedenko, Luke Walton, Gennaro Pargo, old ass Brian Shaw, Mark Madsen's like kind of, I might play tonight, has that kind of vibe mm -hmm. to him. Like it was not an impressive front office job is my point. Okay. This is also that 03 team, the, uh, the incident with Kobe happens June 30th. So a month after this. Afterward, yeah. Everything a week later, up. they get Peyton and Malone. Mm -hmm. They have a really unhappy season. Everything flips. This is kind of the last untainted Kobe. Where oh, it's absolutely. just like, he's the next Jordan. You watch this game and he really looks like Michael Jordan in this mm -hmm. game. I, I was never a total believer in he's the next Michael Jordan, but you watch some of the moves he does in this game and it's yeah. like, oh. I never thought he was the like next Jordan. Michael Jordan, but I was always it was a, a, I was it was a credible yeah. impression. It was a great impression. Yeah. It's like the guy who does a Denzel impression on YouTube. Like, that's pretty good. Who would do that? How dare they <laughs> do a Denzel impression? The other other stuff going on in this 03 season, it was one of those seasons that was so much more promising on paper. Mm -hmm. But we had two absolutely killer playoff injuries. C Webb goes down in the Sacramento yes. Dallas series. And Sacramento's the favorite going into those playoffs because they had they had come damn close in 02. They should have won in 02. They're the one seed heading into this season. Mm -hmm. And I went back, I, I wrote a column before the playoffs and I picked Sacramento to win the title, which I could not believe. Yeah. I, I must have been smoking a lot of pot or something. No, that's not um, a bad pick if, well, if Weber's there. It is Sacramento. <laughs> um, C-Web goes down. Then in the in the Western Conference Finals, Nowitzki goes down. Yes. So we're robbed of basically two of the best six players in the league who are healthy heading into the playoffs and then get hurt. Shaq's not 100% the whole time because he was kind of overweight Shaq. Grant Hill's out this whole year, which was mm -hmm. a bummer. This is T-Mac by himself, basically, on that Orlando team. Vince Carter kind of starts tailing the other way. Okay. That starts happening this year. The Jailblazers, that whole thing really kicked off this year. That's when they had all that crazy shit going on with them. I like that Vince Carter started tailing off 16 years ago, and he just signed another Well, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, that is a good point. <laughs> I meant more like... You know, in 01, it was like Kobe, Iverson, right. or yeah, Vince, yeah, or T-Mac. <laughs> we had those four guys, and it's like, who's your guy? Yeah. And by 03, it's like, Vince is out. We're not including him in mm -hmm. this conversation anymore. And it was basically Kobe versus T-Mac. Um, a couple fun things. We had Dirk and Nash. This was like Great. a really as, fun Dirk and Nash As year. a scary Mavs team. Yeah, as a as combo. As a scary Mavs team. We had a really fun Amari-Steph combo. That year on the Suns. They we, gave, they went at the, at the we Spurs We played them hard. the first round. We yeah. lost to them in game one. Yes. Game one of the playoffs, Stephon Marbury hits a buzzer beater after a missed free throw. We lose by one. It was I a mean, miserable start. Lord only knows what happened to Stephon Marbury, but after those 03 playoffs, you would have said he was a top 10 trade asset in the league. Yeah, he was, really, he you was can, really doing it. Could he be the best player on a finals team? Yes. Uh, you had T-Mac. You also had the lottery? which they showed on ABC that year because mm -hmm. it was LeBron. Mm -hmm. So there was a weird, there was a lot of talent, a lot of energy. Um, but it was one of those seasons that never totally came to where we wanted it to get to. Yeah. Personified by the Spurs team, you win in 99. Everybody's like, well, screw that. It was the lock. It doesn't count. <laughs> I then, counted it. Then this 03 team, it was like, ah, screw that. C-Web, Dirk, C-Web went down, Dirk went down. The Lakers self-imploded. And somehow the Spurs didn't get credit for that one either. Yeah. They win in 05. 
And it's like, oh man, well, Indiana had the best team. Mm -hmm. They had the, if Indiana didn't have the melee, they would have won. You go to 07. Ah, well, if, if Nash hadn't gotten hurt, <laughs> you won four titles and people like me were, were just asterisks. Yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate that y'all were doing that. That's but this really, was a legitimate title. You were really the best cool, team, yeah. is my point. Yeah, And sure. I don't know why we didn't accept that in the moment. Because we're the Spurs. That's what y'all do. Duncan's closeout games, I just wanted to mention. Game six, Lakers, which is the game after the one we're doing right now, 37 and 16, 16 for 25 from the field, and they win by 28. And then game six, Nets, the iconic Duncan game. 21, 20, 10, 8. Giving it to two you. Two blocks away. Giving it to you. Two blocks away he, from the He quadruple. had the two blocks and they stole them from him. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They marked them off. Is this they like gave, a, they, gave, they gave them away. Is this a crazy San Antonio thing or yes. is this a real thing? No, this is like a real thing, like but also a San Antonio Some dude thing. in a bar in San Antonio told you this and yeah. you just Yeah, I don't know it. who started it, but everybody was like, okay. oh, that's true. The Lakers in this Spurs series... Kobe and Shaq averaged 57.7 points combined. Yeah. And they lost. It was gross. Here's how the series went. Game one, 87-82 Spurs. Game two, blowout, 114-95 Spurs. Game three, rigged for the Lakers. They win by 15. Game four, you're down one, like 13 seconds left, and uh, and Kobe steals the pass. Bad Parker pass inbounds. Kobe goes down. Laker fans going nuts. 2-2. Yeah. And people are going, oh my God, the freaking Lakers are going to win four in a row. That's what it felt like. The Spurs are going to choke. That's what it felt Can't like. Can't believe that. Leading us to game five. Um, what else did we, did we hit everything with the 03 Spurs? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, you hit everything with the 03 Spurs. I w just, I w I'm just going to say the mentality watching this in the moment, assuming the Lakers would win. I think if you were gambling on it, you would have gambled on the Lakers unless you were like Haral Bob and you had all these advanced stats nobody knew about. Yeah. It was the it was the resume that they had at this point. It, they it had just done this with the Kings where we thought they were going to lose and they pulled it out of their buttholes and they won. It, and it wasn't just that. It was it was the way that they were winning. Like you're saying, like uh, the same against the uh, Trailblazers. I mean, like these guys just fucking won't die. It doesn't yeah. matter what you do, they won't die. You add that in. You also add in that the Lakers had beaten the Spurs in the playoffs in yeah. the last two two years, and it felt like the Spurs could not figure out how to close out a game. It felt it felt like you watched that season, and every every eight games they were up twenty, and somehow it came down you to like the last happened two in this game exactly. And so it just so why do you think that was? Because I, I, when I was watching it, the foul shooting was definitely a problem. Yes, we and were then, never good free throw shooters. Also, I gotta say, like. I don't want to step on what stuff we're going to talk about later, but God, the offenses were so bad back then. Really bad. They ran in the fourth quarter, they ran a play where Duncan just sets a screen for Parker mm -hmm. and Parker rolls around and goes to the basket and he gets an easy eight foot floater. And yeah. you're just watching it going, why are you guys doing this? Like, <laughs> this seems like a great play. They have no answer for this. You get yeah. a wide open eight footer uh -huh. and then they don't do it again. It was, it was, this era is so much post-up. It's so much Duncan plotting down to the block and putting his hand up. And then they uh, toss first, it I down don't like the way that you said that, no, like no, with a negative is, connotation. Everybody was doing this. Duncan yeah. was the best at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Minnesota's playing this way with KG. The Kings are playing this way with C-Web. Mm -hmm. Dallas is doing it at Denver. It's like, go down to your spot. We'll get you the ball. We'll all stand there. And there's no movement. And then on top of it, nobody's in three-point range. Right. This first <laughs> took eight threes in this game. Everybody stand 18 feet from yeah, the rim. We're going to clog the So Duncan's getting the ball. They throw it to him. 
there's three Lakers within two feet of him because there's no spacing at all. Mm-hmm. And then he's got to quickly figure out which way to navigate, move, all that stuff. So, um, all right. So in this game, Spurs go up big, like we mentioned. A little bit later, they're up 56-34. They show this graphic for fast break points. They have 16 fast break points. The Lakers have two. The Lakers are like dying to roll over. Like they can't keep up with the speed, the athleticism. Shaq can't move that well. 56-30 at halftime. Third quarter, Spurs are up 22. They're up 25. Manu is a nice little behind-the-back pass to Parker. Crowd's going nuts. Um, 78-56 with 131 left. They show a graphic. Kobe has 17 points, 15 field goals. He ends with 31 field goals. Mm-hmm. He takes 16 field goals in the next yeah. 14 minutes. Yeah. End of the third, Kobe makes two straight threes. That was That was scary. And the second one is... One of those ludicrous over two players. Yeah, they around the pick. It's the end of the quarter. They set him a pick, and Malik Rose is like, "Kobe's a ball hog. I'm going to go with him." Mm -hmm. And now he's got two guys on him, and Kobe's navigating in front of Popovich on the baseline, and then somehow gets off a 27 footer and makes it. Yeah. So we go to the fourth quarter. You're still up 16 with 7:20 left. Duncan, beautiful pass to Stephen Jackson. He misses the free throw Mm -hmm. after he makes the two. You're up 16. Kobe, it's a three. There's this weird Laker lineup out there. Medvedenko's out there. Gennaro Pargo. Mm -hmm. Brian Shaw, who's on his last leg. Shaq and Kobe. And all of a sudden, Pargo hits a shot. You're up four with 324 left. Yeah. And the crowd's like this. Yeah. Um, Duncan screen, Parker floater that I mentioned earlier, up six. A Robinson alley-oop with a Mm -hmm. minute and a half left. Yeah. Where it's like, in 1992, he's above the backboard just dunking (laughs) it with, like, his dick. And in this one, um, in this one, he's, uh, it's like classic old guy playing yeah. pickup who gets it. Crowd goes nuts. Game's over. But no, Kobe stepped back three with 49 seconds left. Did you see that was like kind of a little early primitive Harden Early, early Harden, yeah, when you watch it now. Yeah. Like, like yeah, that I've, is I've fluid. seen that before. Yeah. I was like, what was that? Uh, Parker Airball, Horry misses a three, Shaq put back and the foul. Which yes. he then makes with his weird little shaft I hate shooting. that free throw. Like he's holding a marble in his hand. Right. Trying to toss it into a trash can across the room. Yeah, it looks like there's like a 30-mile-an-hour wind. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> so they foul Steven Jackson. He makes one of two. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Leading to the ending. Awesome. Which is um, Kobe dribbling in the corner. Mm-hmm. They're just like, Kobe's definitely shooting because he's Kobe. He's in all-time ball hog mode. Yes. They send the second guy to the corner Pretty much every time in his career, Kobe would have shot this anyway. Uh-huh. This is why he shot it every time after this. Right. Robert <laughs> Horry, who just instinctively always knew how to find the right spot, mm-hmm. he drifts over. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Robert Horry's resume is just a slew of big shots on the two Hakeem title teams. Yes. Um, a bunch of big shots in the uh, in the 0-1 Sixer series. Yes. 0-2 Kings, one of the more famous playoff Game four buzzer ever. beater. Oh, that broke my heart. Yeah. Um, I hated. I hated watching the Lakers win. I yeah, he is now so an established. Much. We'll cut your jugular guy. Yes, everybody's terrified of him. Ends That's up wide reputation. open for a three. Takes it. In and out. As far in as it can go in, without it going. It hits in. the rim. Rim. It hits. Does the rim thing where it hits both sides of the rim mm-hmm. three times before it Pops comes out, out, and you escape. Yes. Bryant trying to shake off Bowen. Here's Horry for three! 
second the rebound that was in and out. Robert Orr, who has struggled from beyond the three-point line, nearly came up with the game-winner shades of Game 7 in Sacramento last season. But the San Antonio Spurs hold on for a two-point victory and take it three games to two leads. How many years later? 16? Mm-hmm. Cannot describe the level of disbelief that it didn't go in. Yeah. It was unbelievable that yes. it didn't go in. Yes. All of so, the things you're saying are true right now. Then you go to LA the next game, you beat them by 28 and it's Beat over. the shit out of them. It was, that was it. And the Lakers never won another title with Shaq and Kobe. Nope. Kobe wins two more. So anyway, that is, uh, that's how it happened. The last couple minutes, um, if we're doing the, we'll do the categories, the most rewatchable sequence. I really like the first quarter just for, it was just like that Spurs team kind of doing their thing, right? Mm-hmm. Jackson's involved. Really young Tony Parker. Like he's 20 in this game. Yeah. We um, drafted him early. Yeah. Manu coming off the bench when it was still, you know, the thing with Manu was he was this guy you drafted when nobody was really doing international picks like that, right? You right. draft these dudes, you'd have no idea what happened. And they drafted this guy and they're like, this guy's going to come over. He's going to be great. You're like, yeah, whatever. And then I think it was the O2 World Championships. He kicked ass. Yeah. Tim Duncan always tells that story. He told it at the at the like uh the big ceremony. Um he, he told it after the 14 championship when they were all, you know remembering everything about how Pop coming to him and telling him how excited he was about we got this kid this kid from the, Argentina in the draft and Duncan is like, "Yeah, okay. You've, you've said that to me six other times." Right. And, yeah. and it worked. Stop teasing <laughs> me. So he was in the O2 World Championships and he was really good. Mhm. And that got everyone on the radar. We didn't have basketball Twitter back then, but there was a lot of, I remember I wrote about it. Um, but then he got hurt during the during his rookie season. Mm-hmm. And he was just coming back. He's not totally full Manu yet, but in this game, he's showing the stuff. So there's a couple, there's a good Manu stretch here, 31 to 18, 34 to 18, when they're blowing out their lead at the top of the second quarter. That's just fun to rewatch. Kobe's two straight, straight threes are great. I, dis- I disagree. No, just from like the degree <laughs> of difficulty. Um, the whole fourth quarter is honestly rewatchable, but the, I can't say enough about Medvedenko making 17 footers and just like the guys that, I mean, honestly, Medvedenko, Parker, and Shaw are three of the dudes out there with their whole season on the line, basically. Yes. And that's riveting. But then the last two minutes, I think we can say are the most rewatchable. Let's do uh, what's age the best. So we mentioned 03 playoff. Wait, Duncan. I have a, I have some different, I have a for different answer. Yeah. What do you for have? Sure. I don't, listen, the last two minutes are like a, a horrible for, for me to watch when the Lakers are coming back. I hate that part of the game. I okay. just block out all that. I was so scared. I was so nervous. You mentioned the two threes that Kobe hit at the end of the third quarter because we were up again, 25 with yeah. two minutes left and he starts going nuts. And when he makes the, those two, especially the second one, that buzzer beater. Bryant looking for the pick. They double up. Here's Bryant. Got it off in time and scores from downtown. You saw Greg Popovich more on the sideline. When Greg Popovich saw the high screen coming, he kept on yelling, get up, get up, get up. He knew Kobe wanted to shoot a three. So he's talking to his players about getting up. But sure enough, Kobe gets free to get behind the line and hits that three-pointer right at the buzzer. There was a very real sense of dread, like he's about to do it. We know that this is coming. No no other player for me watching basketball has ever put that feeling in my chest more than Kobe has. Sometimes didn't even have to do this first. I remember there was a game where Kobe 
you know, they do like the Texas triangle. They play the, they play Dallas, they play Houston, they play San Antonio, like on the map. And he played in, in uh, he played a game in Houston. This was when Shane Battier was there. And Shane Battier guarded the hell out of him. And everybody was talking about how great the defense was. They kept showing the clip of like his hand and his face and doing yeah. all this stuff. This is like a day and a half of this going on. And everybody in San Antonio, were, we were terrified because we knew he was coming to town next. Yeah. And we knew he was going to try to prove a point. And I don't know how many points he scored that game, but I, I, in my head, he scored 85 points. He was just a fucking terror on the basketball court. So when he hit those two straight threes, everybody in San Antonio felt it. We had seen this movie enough times to know this is not going to be easy, even when we went up later on. But for me, the most rewatchable sequence because of that is with 345 left to go in the third quarter. Spurs up 23. It's starting to feel like we, if we get to the fourth quarter up 20, we're fine. Yeah. We have that two in the front. There's like a mental barrier right there. We should be, we should be okay. The Spurs are up 23. Lakers come down. Derek Fisher tries to inbound it to Shaq, who bubbles it away. He was like not Which ready for the He did the, the whole last. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible game. Um, there's a scramble for the ball. David picks it up, throws it ahead to Tony Parker, who's on the break. He's ahead of him. Kobe is right behind him. He goes to lay it up. Kobe does his super Kobe jump where he just fucking... The LeBron jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a fighter jet taking off. He goes up in the air, but rather than laying it up, Parker throws it behind his back. There's Bruce Bowen who catches it. The Spurs never dunk. Yeah. But Bruce Bowen dunks it over Robert Ory. The whole place is at this point going fucking nuts. We're up 25. There's like two and a half minutes left and we're still up 25. That's when you stop watching the game. I was like, oh, we're good. I feel good. Right? There's always that moment. And then... Yeah, Kobe does it. Kobe became that, Kobe. So that point you just made about Kobe is a really good point for like when you talk about Kobe legacy. Because I yeah. remember that happened 08 finals, game two in Boston. Mm-hmm. We won game one. You was feel it coming. The Pierce wheelchair game. Game two, it seems like we have it. And it does like you see it get going and you can kind of feel it in the stance. Yes. And that's how it's. Yes. I love the, I love very few guys can affect 18,000 people like that, mm-hmm. where you're like, uh-oh, oh shit. Steph does it. He hits two threes and you're like, oh Steph shit. Steph 100,000% does it. And it's something that LeBron never really learned how to do until like the year two Miami. Yeah. Where he, and he would always do it a little earlier, mm-hmm. but Kobe not only would get hot, but knew he was getting hot and also was one of those guys, like he's almost taking a selfie of himself as he's doing it. Yeah. He's just really, uh-huh. he's he starts like, strutting. Yeah, he's just thinking, in his head, he's already calculating, like this could be on NBA TV, Hardcore Classics. Yes. I, I see the prize at yes. the end of this. And so, because, I'm be, with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one more out there because yeah. of this, because of how terrified I was of Kobe, because of like, again, just as far as rooting against somebody, I'd never yeah, rooted we're against anybody harder than that, is... This is like an after-the-fact rewatchable moment for me is watching him dribble into the corner, pump fake, get Bruce Bowen into the air, and then Kobe, one of the smartest basketball players we've ever had, not jumping into him and taking the foul, passing it instead. If that happens today, 100%, he's going into Bowen, taking the foul, and shooting the three free throws because Bowen is up in the air at him. Kobe makes it a point to like not hit him so he can pass the ball. I yeah. I love watching Kobe make you a like mistake the old days. like that. It's delicious watching him make a mistake <laughs> old, and realize it. Old days it. of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break to talk about Roman. If you were to guess on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor? What would you say? Well, Americans have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP, right? That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform 
that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit. You'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor. Anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan with Roman, no commitments, you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to getroman.com slash bill for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Getroman.com slash bill for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Back to the podcast. Um, so what's age the best? I got to say, if we weren't going to just do the last two minutes, Kobe's two straight threes in that moment of, oh boy, here we go. I hated it. It was like hearing a gun cock. Yeah. That's what it felt like. What's age the best? 03 playoff Duncan. Can't say this uh, more emphatically. Like, it was just so much fun to watch him with two legs that 100% worked. Mm -hmm. Because the last six years of his career, eight years, whatever, he's on one leg. Yeah. He's, he's doing everything with like he started getting that pushing off his left fasciitis leg. And was like, yeah, he had a messed up knee everything. and he did multiple knee surgeries. He had a knee brace with the punisher yeah. on it. He wasn't, so even like his move that he used to have where he's in the left block and you would come in and duck to the guy, but then get a lift for his jump hook. Mm -hmm. At the tail end of the last five, six years, he would do the same move, but he would sink on it. Yeah. Because he didn't have any push on his right leg anymore. In this game, it's just like he is at 100% athletic capacity. He's bouncing around. What, what I really liked about this version of Tim is that the the early versions that we got from like 99 to 2001, 2002, um, he was like skinny Tim Duncan. So it, it, speed was more of his weapon when he was going at it. Yeah. Right around this time is when he started to bulk up a little bit. So and he took steroids? Now he, he might have. Tim Duncan whatever, took steroids? Whatever he did, I'm all for it. Milkshakes. He got he got a little bit bigger and he started banging around down low. And when you've got a guy who you're watching and you know he's not afraid to guard Shaq, yeah, just putting his shoulder into his chest, like that was like, all right, I'm in. So his playoff stats are pretty great. Give them to me. 25, 15, and 5 every night for 24 games. Beautiful. 25, 15, and 5. Yeah. Like that's not that's happening. That's the average. 53% shooting, 3.3 blocks, 28.4 PER. Uh, 5.9 win shares. All right, well, so what? Playoffs. That's the most win shares anyone's ever had in ever, the playoffs. Ever, ever. Ever. LeBron's number two in 2012, 5.8. Nowitzki was 5.4 in 06. He lost. Uh, LeBron, LeBron's on this list four times. Kawhi, 4.88 in 2018. Duncan almost had six win shares just in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. By and himself. He won a series and a half by himself. This is, there's been... Two performances this century where a one-man show basically won the title. What and it was they? this one, and yes. it was Kawhi. Yes. Where it was like, he had other players. Other guys came through, but he's the only all-star on this team. You could say Dirk and Dallas in 2011, but— Yeah, that's the one I'm, that team, I got to But that team had—they were heat check guys, like having full-game heat checks in that series. Like— Berea and Terry. I, and I think you have to put Dirk on that list because if you it, right, go, it goes it. from Dirk to Jason Terry. That's a big yeah, that's right. a big jump. I was thinking more like the reason they really won that series was they just they just unlocked LeBron's brain. Jason Terry did that. He was just straight up like he can't guard me. Jason Terry is saying LeBron James can't guard Look, me. I, I went to the three Dallas games and LeBron's brain like couldn't process it. 
when he JJ Barea was like, you know, just they were guarding, putting him on LeBron and being like, you should post up JJ Barea. And LeBron's like, yeah. brains. <laughs> was like his- so all, all of that talk came out about Jason Terry and like LeBron can't guard me, this and that. And then they played the game and, and Jason Terry hit the big three over him. Oh, over yeah. LeBron at the end of the game. The winner. It's like, this is, I, yeah. All right, I, I'll throw Dirk yeah. in there. So right. those three. Yeah. But um, I'm anti Mavs, but that 2011 Mavs it's team. It's pretty is, great. You, you can't and it deny not, it. By the way, not very unsimilar to this 03 Spurs team right. from built around the one score, mm-hmm. but just a lot of pieces, and you never know who's going to step up. Uh, I wanted to mention old David Robinson. Okay. Where he looked exactly the same. Yes. Just his hairline like, moved back a little bit. It Same was, body. It was like Angela Bassett, where mm. I just saw her in a Netflix movie, and I'm like, is she 30? Okay. Is she 80? I have no idea. <laughs> like, she's just transcended age. Mm-hmm. And Robinson in this, he could be 19, he could be 50. Like, yeah. you just... And he was like that forever. Finally, he started going bald, like, 10, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But for, I don't know, 35 straight years, he looked exactly the same. Yeah. It's pretty great. He still looks like that in San Antonio. He's just jacked. Yeah. Um this is the best and the worst and the best of Kobe. They're dead. He keeps them alive. Uh-huh. They're coming back. He starts shooting too much. They're dead again. He shoots them back into it. Mm-hmm. He's got Bruce Bowen just basically wearing his jersey the whole game. Doesn't matter. The creativity on some of the points he has. That, that I forgot he had this move because he kind of stopped doing it at the end of the decade. The where he would go into the paint and do the double hop step. Yes. And then kind they of- They started go- calling a travel on that is why. But a oh, lot, that, yeah. that's why? A lot of guys were doing that. Because it was illegal? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that move was great. He just, his footwork wasn't where it would get to, I don't think, in the mid-2000s. But I think athletically that was the peak because there's a couple of plays where he's picking people up two-thirds the court for defense. Yeah. And he's like- He's a shark He looks out like there. Kawhi. He's a shark yeah. out there. Um, I forgot how much I loved young Tim Duncan and the, the sad young Tim Duncan face. I love him. Cause he love eventually him. he just became like old beaten down Tim Duncan, With but the, the gray in the beard. The, yeah. The young, hopeful, yeah. sad Tim Duncan, mm-hmm. like a call went the wrong way. And he would just like, look like a little kid who you just said, <laughs> you're not getting ice cream today. And he would just like, his eyes would bulge sadly and mm-hmm. he'd stare at you. Um, Manu Ginobili with hair. Yes. That's age the best. Seeing Manu with like the. He had like it was like a tight, like grown out crew cut almost. Yeah, it looks like what no your bald haircut spot is. At yeah. All. yeah, yeah, looked nice. I liked his 05 hair when it was long. Yeah, the that, flowing that's hair. The, that's the best Manu hair. So I wrote this in May 2003 about Manu. Okay. I wrote about how we had seen him in national championships and he got hurt. And then I wrote, so we're waiting, we're waiting. And then boom, there he is a cerebral lefty who penetrates with either hand, creates layups for teammates, comes up big offensively when it matters, and wreaks absolute havoc defensively. It's like San Antonio ordered him on Amazon.com and rush delivered him in time for the playoffs. <laughs> anyway, I always judge players by two questions. Does he show up when it matters, and how much would I enjoy playing with him? But wouldn't you love to absolutely love to play with Manu Ginobili over any other two guard in the league? Me too. That puts me early on the Manu bandwagon, yes. I feel like. I mean, welcome, like a welcome to the team. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I don't feel like <laughs> I never got any literature from the committee, nothing. And then the only last thing I had for what's age the best. Well, I'll save it. What did, did you have any for what's age the best? I have two. One of them I mentioned already, Malik Rose's teeth. They look great. His braces, braces, his braces yeah. worked. I saw him at the airport and he had his braces and I was so excited. I don't know why I was excited about that. Um, <laughs> the Spurs winning the title that year. To me, aged really, really well because <laughs> it was a title. Because it was a title and it was the Spurs. But also, we had, you know, there was the asterisk season with the 99 thing. And like, this was them saying, you know what, fuck your, fuck your little asterisk. Yeah, take your asterisk. And uh, 
this was not even from this game, but Tim Duncan game six has that it set up that performance. It set up the moment where Tim said, "Okay, we're going into their house, and my guys are a little bit afraid to play here. We've yeah. lost two in a row. We're we're a little bit tentative. Something then. needs to happen. I'm fucking putting my sword through everybody's chest on this court. Yeah, thirty-seven, and sixteen, and four. They do the thing in the like third, fourth quarter that the Lakers always did, where they would put Shaq on them. Yeah. And Shaq would start pushing him out, pushing him out, and he just shredded Shaq to bits. So in game five, I was going to give this for what stage the best decided against it, but now I'm going to retroactively do yes. it. Yes. Shaq's low post defense in the fourth quarter is pretty good on Duncan. Yeah. He stuffed some one time. So, mm-hmm. But I think Duncan, like you said, for the next game. He was ready. So like, yeah, you guys should try that again. And then he just destroyed him. It's always so great to watch Tim Duncan. And this is especially true in the playoffs because you're playing the same team over and over again. But you watch the game, and a thing happens in game one. And then it doesn't happen again for the rest of the series because he—it's like it just his brain just stores it away. Like, okay, don't don't dribble twice to the right and spin to the left because this is going to happen. Now I'm going to dribble three times to the right and spin to the left, and it's all mm. changes. I love watching it. It's like a fucking computer. My last what stage the best? I want to give this a little extra time. I hadn't watched these guys together in a while. I I just forgot how much fun it was to watch Shaq and Kobe together and how unique that was. Because you're talking about— It was unique, but it wasn't fun. No, but I mean, as just as a basketball fan, to to, I think we just took it for granted, and now we have some distance. I have Shaq as the 12th or 13th best player ever. I have Kobe as like the 7th or 8th best player ever. And they were on the same team for eight years. And we took it for granted in the moment because we thought it was going to happen for 30 years. Let me ask you a a question if you find yourself doing this because I find myself doing this now. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. But during the time, it was like, I do not like Shaq. I do not like Kobe. I don't like the way that they talk. I don't like the way that they walk. I don't like the way that they play. Anti-Kobe, anti-Shaq, everything. And like the further away we got from it, you're like, Damn, like 2001 Shaq is is an incredible basketball player. 2001 Kobe, an incredible basketball player. And then now we're 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 to the point where it's like, I wish we could have that 2001 Shaq in today's NBA. Like I want to see those yeah. guys again. I find myself defending them when other people are like, oh, the 2018 Warriors could do. That. And I was like, no, give me the 2001 Lakers and let me beat up on everybody. It's a good litmus test to see if somebody's a moron or not. If mm-hmm. they're like, whoa, Shaq, you couldn't even play him today. I'm like. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Shaq is the average 54. That. You guard Draymond Green and put him on Shaq. Let's see what happens. That's yeah. a ludicrous argument. Mm-hmm. Shaq was a monster. Does it, and, did that happen to you though? Like when you got a, a, away from teams you hated when you were younger? Yeah. You I, that's, started... what I'm, that's why I brought it up because <laughs> I hated these guys the entire time. And you I was already glad they hated broke them up. at the time. I hated them from, okay. I would say... Once the Celtics had a chance to win the title again, everybody became my enemy. Okay. No, but I, I didn't like Kobe was starting to do some ball hog stuff in 0203 range that started to violate stuff I like about basketball. Okay. So there hit a point where I was like, all right, this guy's going to shoot 27 times a game. He's got Shaq on his team. Like, what a dick. Um, but, you know, there are moments in this game where Shaq's posting up and Kobe's the one throwing him the, the, Entry pass and space in the floor for him, and you just go, Jesus, yeah, that's crazy. It's that, really, and then the other thing is, we always talked about, oh man, if those guys couldn't stay together, they just couldn't. They only played together eight years. That's like a fucking lifetime. That's now. a long time. If you play eight years together now, it, it would be like people would think you're a weirdo. <laughs> it's like, what's wrong with you guys? You played eight <laughs> years together. Now you play two years. It's a miracle. Um, 
For me, what's aged the best is uh, Duncan, and yeah. I think we agree on that. Oh, three Duncan. I'll take it. What's aged the worst? Robert Horry, 0 for 6 from 3 in this game, misses the game winner. Uh, for the series, 11 for 43, and he was 0 for 18 on threes. Yes. In the series. Love it. Bad one for the Horry legacy, for the big shot Rob. But no. he made up for it two years later in 05. What's crazy is it- For you. What's crazy is it didn't, it didn't even affect his legacy at all. He had this great interview where they asked him about that, about like, I think this was after they won the title in 02. I might be mistaken. But they were talking about, you know, you hit that big shot against Sacramento. You seem to always hit these big shots. Why are you not afraid? Why does it seem like everybody else is afraid and you're not afraid? And he said, because I'm I'm Robert Ori and that's Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. If I miss this shot, I don't get blamed. They get blamed. So I don't care. Well, that's a good way to think yeah. about it. And he had Hakeem before him. He had Hakeem before him. He had Tim before Robert that. Horry, smart. Always gravitating toward a top 12 all-time guy. Yeah. He was a uh, good he career was, planner. So I don't think that like I didn't I didn't even remember that he was 0 for 18 in the series until I looked it up for this podcast. It just did. All I remembered was that he hit one in this year and one in the other year. And well, he whatever. won you he won you the title in 03 by sucking, and then he won you the title in 05 by being great, and then he won you the title in 07 by crippling Steve Nash. He <laughs> and starting a massive fight. What's wild is he won the 2005 title. He made that exact same shot that he missed in San Antonio. Yes. He did it in Detroit. On the same the play. exact same Guy thing. Guy trapped in the corner, threw, threw it back to him. throws it to him, and he nails this one. That was, when you talk about, when we talked about the Kobe heating up thing, it's weird, but Robert Horry was kind of like that in game five of Detroit 2005. He when three, he started getting going, it's like, uh-oh. He hit the Big three, shot's heating up. Right before the end of the third quarter. Yeah. And then he had another one over Rashid, and you're like, we hold on, we got to. We got a chance. That was a horrible series, but I love that game. And let me say one more thing about Robert Ory before we move on. Because this is like my favorite little Robert thing, little Robert Ory thing, is in that series, the Spurs go up. uh, It's in that game, actually. The The Spurs are ahead. They're trying to inbound the ball. And Tony Parker runs to the back. And Robert is holding it. He's looking around. And he doesn't throw it to Tony. Tony's like running backwards. And they call a timeout. And they like zoom in on Tony. And Tony's like, fucking throw me the ball. I'm back here. And you see Robert Ory just tell him, I'm not going to take that chance, Tony. And I was like, fucking Robert Ory is a brilliant basketball player. I love him. Scientist. You know, the other thing that was fun about him is the way he shot made sense for kind of the reputation. If, yeah. it, if it was a guy now, they all, everybody shoots the same now. Mm-hmm. Robert Ory shot, it was like watching... Somebody he, un, some, yeah. like throw a stone at at a medieval mansion or something. It was like there were <laughs> there were steps to it. Yeah, you, you, it you, was like a you whole saw the leg thing. go out and you're like, oh, he's gonna shoot. Yeah, it. this is steps it. He's like unloaded back. Cock. Yeah. Uh, well, he didn't unload in this series. What's age the worst? Bruce Bowen. Nope. Just whatever, a, whatever the rest of the thing is, near you're the end say. of the first quarter, <laughs> he did his uh, his total bullshit. Stick the foot under the jump shot thing on Kobe. Mm-hmm. Did not they didn't really I, blow I it have, out. I must have missed it. No, they did what they did showed a replay <laughs> coming out of the, and Kobe almost gets really hurt. Uh-huh. And uh I forgot how much I hated that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's not a good that's not a good thing. You, that's, you hate you can hate Kobe, don't do that. You he so Kobe did it. I, Kobe talks about Bruce Bowen guarding him before and he was saying, you know, Kobe, I mean, Bruce would like chase me around, Bruce would pinch me, Bruce would just be in my ear saying my name, oh, Kobe, Kobe, yeah. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. All that stuff is fine, but like under the foot is it's, it's no good. It's no good. Listen, we all have to sleep at night. We all have our Tommy Lee Jones end of our life, no country for old men moment when we reckon (laughs) of all the things we've done. Yeah. You're going to have it with Bruce Bowen that you rooted for that guy because he was a cheap shot artist. Probably. Um, Probably, He's going to, at some point you're going to go, 
I supported this guy forever. And then God paid me back in 2017. Kawhi got <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, it that's is fair. If you want, you want to make that, that argument, the, the universe did Bruce that. Bruce Bowen tax was the Kawhi injury in 2017. But listen, listen, if you tell me in 2002. You get five titles out of it? I get four, I get, four I more get, titles. I get two more titles with Bruce Bowen. And four total. But, but we're going to lose one later. Yeah, and four total. Yeah. I, I make that trade. Okay. Um, we thought Shaq, we re- there was a lot of fat jokes about Shaq in 03. Because he had the toe thing. He doesn't look fat. That's the thing. He looks exactly he looks, the same for the rest of his life. He looks great. this year. He yeah. looks great. It's like, turned out Shaq wasn't fat. We were just yeah. being dicks. Um, the Lakers spacing on the post-ups to Shaq. I, I just can't wrap my head about around it watching some of these old games. Like, how does not one coach go, hey, so we got five guys on the court. Maybe don't have three of them next to Shaq mm-hmm. as he's trying to post up. Yeah. Nobody thinks of this for years. Right. The Spurs are really running great plays the first three quarters, like mm-hmm. really great offense. But one of the plays they're running is to get guys like wide open 19-footers. Yes. Or 20-footers. <laughs> it's like, just move back two. That's worth another point. Nobody, Nobody was that. doing it yet. They shot eight three-pointers in this game and made three. Yeah. Three for eight. Steph Curry shooting eight in the first quarter. Yeah. Now. Um, Phil Jackson's just in a coma this whole game. I, I just, none of his performances in these games of age well is basically just, he's kind of watching and he seems like he's half asleep and sometimes he do the whistle thing. I hated hearing that whistle. Yeah. You could hear it on the TV. Yeah. Oh, shit. I think I could have won at least seven titles with I, that was MJ, his. That Shaq was his whole Kobe. thing though. His, it was like, I'm going to teach you everything you need to know during practice and during then, the game. You're then gonna, it's up to you. You're going to do it. Yeah. And it worked. And then we mentioned the lack of pick and rolls and high screens. I just couldn't get over it. Anything else age the worst for you? I'm going to keep I'm gonna keep banging on this uh, Kobe drum. Kobe not drawing the foul. Age the worst. Okay. I think that's it. Half-assed internet research, just a couple of things. Okay. After game six, Kobe was crying after the game. Yes. And Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher cried on the, on the bench, which the Spurs fans loved. They, it, Kobe cried that on was, the bench too. But you, Derek Fisher, you love more. You, you saw it on the on the in the tears. I mean, you saw like actual tears coming out of Derek Fisher's eyes. Which Kobe was, said, um, which is fun to watch. He said, "I think every year you try to repeat, but what you have to understand is that teams reload and they restock and they try to dethrone you. They reloaded with the right ammo with what they needed to battle. It's mm-hmm. actually a good way to put it because that's what the Spurs did. Yeah, absolutely. They and- measured themselves against this specific team. And they were like, "How can we beat this team? Oh, we need a." A fast point guard is going to give them trouble. We need multiple guys who can we can throw at Shaq. And you know what was weird about about the Derek Fisher and Kobe watching them cry thing was at first you're like aha like you're crying on the bench haha and then like 20 seconds later you realize the 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 story in San Antonio that showed up whenever the Lakers came was that these guys don't really care that much about basketball. They're just they just happen to be really good at it. They're they, joy this joyless talent. And they team. they're really like showy and they celebrate and they do all of the things. And then you and then they lose and you watch them cry and you're like, wait a minute, like this meant a lot yeah. to them, to these guys to to allow themselves to cry on the bench like that, knowing cameras are on you. That was like Maybe we should rethink some things here because these guys, they really, really cared about it. Even if they didn't like each other at all, they just hated the idea of not being the champions. And that's what it, that's how you become fucking three times in a row champion. Well, the thing is that four in a row is I, they're already an iconic team. I think they have to be mentioned in the greatest teams yes, ever. Yes, You can't um, not mention them. I don't them. think they're first. I think the 2001 Lakers might have been the best— like three month stretch of you might take the playoff version of that team over anyone else in a bracket. Yeah, if you just pick a piece of them. 
winning four in a row puts them on a whole other level. Nobody's done guess it who since wins four in a row. Nobody. Nobody. Bill Russell was the last one who did yeah. it, and that was in an eighteen league. Kobe said this in 2015 about him and Shaq because the seeds are being planted now for the end of this relationship. And he said about them after 04, this is Kobe in 2015 about Shaq in 2004. I wasn't going to play with him anymore after that. It just wasn't going to happen. Things that he had said, criticism from the media and saying, I can't win without him. Look, I put that individual shit aside to win championships and now I'm getting criticized for it. Now I'm going to show you fucks what I can do on my own. So that challenge, I was going to answer that challenge no matter what, whether I was going to stay in LA or go somewhere else, I was going to answer that challenge. This is him in 2015. What's interesting is he spent that whole decade saying, no, I didn't run, I didn't make them pick between me and Shaq. Mm -hmm. Like he kept that narrative up his whole career and it was while. complete bullshit. And when I would say it was bullshit, it was like, you're a Kobe hater. I was like, he didn't want to play with Shaq anymore. What are you talking about? He made them pick Shaq or me, you pick. Because if you pick Shaq, I'm going to the Clippers. Yeah. Can I say how much fun it was after Shaq left watching the Lakers struggle? Watching Kobe's Lakers it was great. flame That's out. That's why I'll never forgive round. Chris Wallace for the Pau Gasol trade. Oh my God. That we that was one of the few times I saw Popovich mad. Like, he should have been mad. Mad like mad about they a basketball. Pau Gasol thing for free. And then like now that. it's like retroactively, oh no, we got Marcus out of it. It's like, no. He was the forty eighth pick in round two. Yeah. He was 310 pounds, yeah. and the odds of him becoming an, an all-NBA center were like 1 in 100. Mm -hmm. So stop. Yeah. That was a terrible trade. <laughs> and they did it three weeks before the deadline, and they didn't offer him around to anybody else. Right. Like nobody – like that's why Popovich got mad. He's like, we didn't even know he was available. Yeah. It was it was, it was was hard to watch that happen because you knew at that point. Pau Gasol was good enough that so you're like, okay, we have to deal with this again. So the summer of 03, the Spurs end up signing Rasho Nesterovich, six years, 42 Rasho. million. You pro or con Rasho six years ago? I am 10. completely indifferent. I okay. forgot That's, until right I now that Rasho he was on the team. I think Rasho means indifferent in whatever country <laughs> he was from. Hori, two years, 10.5. So he jumps over. And you traded for Hidu Turkaloo for one year. I remember that. Became a free agent. I do remember that. You lost Steven Jackson. That one hurt. You lost David Robinson. You retired. You lost Speedy Claxton. You lost all the veterans. But the reason I bring this up is we're going to the greatest what if sliding doors moment of this game. And, okay. and this, basically this whole playoffs. And I'd forgotten this until I started researching the pod. I mean, I, I didn't forget it happened. I just kind of like, oh yeah, that's right. So the whole playoffs, we think the Spurs are going to sign Jason Kidd after the season. Mm -hmm. Jason Kidd is a free agent. The Spurs are going to have all the salary cap money that they saved. And everybody's like, Jason Kidd's going to go to the Spurs. And it was like, well, what are we going to do about Tony Parker? Well, they'll either keep them, play them together or trade them. You know they're trading Tony Parker if they sign Jason Kidd. Yes, that was going to happen. Unfortunately, Tony Parker's on this team as this 20-year-old point guard on the team and reading about his name in trade rumors every day. And, well, if they get Jason Kidd, well, who knows what happens to Tony Parker. And it actually starts affecting his play. On top of it, Jason Kidd, we, get, we keep going round by round, and now he might be in the finals playing Tony Parker, yes. auditioning for the Spurs. And it was like all this crazy... Crazy stuff. Here's what I wrote in May 2003. I think the Spurs carry some of the blame. They easily could have diffused these Jason Kidd rumors this winter, but they'd let them fester. And now the kid's pressing in what has amounted to a two-month audition to keep his job. Did that need to happen? I can't imagine why the Spurs would want to spend all their money on Kidd this summer, 
especially when he's been in the league for 10 years already, do they honestly feel like he's peaking in seasons 11 through 17? Please. More importantly, what is wrong with Parker? Go back through the past 30 years. How many 60-win teams were home by a 21-year-old point guard? He doesn't get any credit for happening here, for what's happening here. He's not going to improve as the years pass. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You, you. I was on. I'm, I'm wrong a lot. I feel the, I'm on the right side of history on this one. You know, why Mon- you, you know, Mono, you know, Tony. I'll why? Give, I'll give you yeah, that. Wh- my whole thing the whole summer is like, why? How is Jason Kidd helping this? So I had a whole thing later that I wrote. Um, I'll do this is this is another category hottest retroactive take that you wish you had in the moment. I actually this was a hot take, but it turned out to be true. I said they keep Parker. This is what I wrote: spend kids' free agent money on Gilbert Arenas as a two That's guard. That's a take right there. Where he should be playing anyway, and Brad Miller. <laughs> that wouldn't work. It's too late now. Parker's turning into a basket case. Bringing kid at Parker's expense fears eerily reminiscent of Orlando dumping Ben Wallace to sign Grant Hill. Sometimes the best moves are the ones you don't make. I'm never right. I just wanted to celebrate myself. <laughs> but really, so they signed Jason Kidd. I feel like you flip Parker for something good would be the only variable in that. He would have to go somewhere, definitely. You at least get like an awesome draft pick for him. Yeah. But aren't you kind of glad that didn't happen? And you ended up with <laughs> of Parker? Course. I mean, like, it's an yes, unbelievable what if. At the, and at the time, at the time, that was a very real conversation in San Antonio because to this point, Tony had not really learned how to shoot. I mean, again, this is only a second year, right. but Pop had to sit him down. In the, he was up and down. Yeah. He was a young point guard who wasn't always great. He sat him down during game six and, and let Speedy Claxton bring it home. Like that's how, that's where we were. Yeah, think about that in, sentence. In the relationship. It's easy to look back now and say, well, Tony, you know, Tony was eventually going to be a finals MVP. At the time, that was hard to see. What's what's fun to watch happen now is I think they have like decided we're not gonna make that mistake again. So when like with the our new point guard DeJounte, yeah, we're just like we're all in on DeJounte, protect him, make sure he knows like like we 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 saw how beneficial it is to have a 21-year-old with us for all of this he time. He did young legs with the franchise guy too. Right, running yeah. things. So you 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 have like a couple of rough years early on and then by 24, this guy's battle tested. He's been in the playoffs a few years. He's not afraid anymore. It's, it's going to be great. It's interesting. We think that all this player empowerment, crazy summers, salary cap space, this stuff started this decade and the reality is it was going on last decade too. Mm-hmm. And in 03, if you go back and read any of those stories, it's a whole year of where's Jason King going. A year before this summer, he he lets people know there's four teams he's considering, Brooklyn, Denver, Dallas, San Antonio. Right. That sets the tone for the whole year. Those other three teams think they're now getting him. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Dallas had a point guard, by the way. They had Steve Nash. So anyway, sometimes the best move is the one you don't make. And I think- Thank God. The reality is, Kid was incredible, those two playoffs. He really but was. But that was his apex. And if you look at his stats in 03, he's 29 and 9 every night. He's basically almost a triple double, but the pace is slower. If it's a pace that we played with now, he would have a triple double every night. And, you know, then you're signing for past performance at that point. I don't so. think I don't think you win any of the titles the Spurs won after that with Jason Kidd as a point guard. Could and you it's, won- And it's not because he isn't good, but you just did a different thing. It would thing. have changed the team, yeah. Totally. You might, 04 might have been your best chance to win one. After that, I, I think it you go into a different thing. Nerd Corner. 
this is insane. You got something? I, I made to, up I, another I, club I, for you. I have something. All right, you go. You go first. It's another club. You know. You know. You love my clubs. Yeah. Oh, the, this is a twenty-five, nineteen, and eighty-seven club. No, this is easy. This is the three thousand, one thousand club. Okay. Players who played three thousand regular season minutes and then at least a thousand playoff minutes in the same season. There's three people in this club. Okay. The legend Larry Bird, three thousand five and ten fifteen in nineteen eighty seven. Shaquille O'Neal, 3163 and 1000 in 2000. Tim fucking Duncan, 3181 regular season. We were riding them. 1021 in the playoffs. We were riding Tim. He played 4202 minutes combined <laughs> in one season, which I think is is probably a record for the last like 40 years. Listen, if you have a guy that you're really good at, Mortal Kombat with fucking keep picking that guy until they can stop well, you. You wrote him in the ground. So if you just say 4,000 minutes combined where somebody had to play at least 850 in the playoffs, that's only 94 Hakeem, 81 Moses, 09 Kobe, 07 LeBron, 98 Jordan, 92 Pippen, 92 Jordan, 06 Dirk, 94 Ewing, and the three guys I just mentioned. Just a, a bunch of all-timers. Yeah, all-timers. Uh, that's all, all you're saying. Who could play 40 minutes a game for nine straight months. And Duncan's the best example of this. So shout out to him. What's your nerd corner? Mine is for, it's for a Laker, actually, surprisingly. Wow. Slava. Yeah. Slava Medvedenko at 13 for the Lakers. His career playoff high entering the game was four. He comes through with 13. He scored 15 career playoff points in 14 games entering that game. He had the best plus minus in the game for any player on the team. He was plus 15, and he only played 17 minutes. I had him for the Deanne Waiters Award for best heat check. Hey, Attaway. Slava. Attaway. Five for six. I, I, <laughs> so, yeah, that was a no-brainer. I mean, he's clearly the heat check guy in this game. It's actually kind of funny to watch. Because the first two times there. the Spurs are like, yeah, go ahead, take that. And right. By the fourth one, they're yeah. like running out, <laughs> trying to block You him. love to watch that happen. Slava Medvedenko. Uh, next award for best <laughs> chemist. Best uh, chemistry guy on either side. I mean, this is a no-brainer. Madsen's in this game. Mark Madsen, peak Hoping Mark Madsen. And they're making the fourth quarter comeback, and they're cutting to him, and he's doing the the Van Damme double fist pumps. A, str and a strong second-place finish for Tracy Murray coming off the bench. Yeah, in, the, in, suit. in the suit. Yeah. Pumping the fist, letting him know. You don't usually see the guy in the suit being the first guy for the high fives right. with the guys he, coming up the court, was, but he's he like, I'm stepping it. in. <laughs> uh, so both of those guys, that was great. The Grady Little Award for uh, biggest coaching F up. I got to say, like, I don't know if I would have taken Slava Medvedeko out. <laughs> <laughs> I also have Does he like, hit that last shot instead I, of Hori? I don't three, know. He's having the game of his life. The three the in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we done with Deion Waiter's heat check award? Yeah, we gave it to Slava. Why you have somebody else? Oh, I do have somebody else. Who is it? Uh, Malik Rose. But listen, but not, he was like that the whole season. No, 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 not because of the game. This is this was after the game, not because of the braces. I love Malik's braces. It's not because of that. This is because after the game is over, uh, after the Spurs have won the championship, and they're interviewing him for the championship DVD. They're interviewing Malik for it, and he says of the Lakers, "We wanted to be the team that stopped their so-called dynasty." He called Ooh. the three Pete Lakers a so called. He hated the Lakers so oh, much. Oh, that's great. So called dynasty? A so called dynasty. 
they're they're unquestionably a dynasty. But when he called them a so-called dynasty, it felt like we were getting revenge for Phil Jackson because Phil Jackson was the one who started the It's an Asterix Championship in 1999. So Malik— By the way, the lesson is always Phil Jackson, just a dick. The the Malik, like, insult coming back, I just—I felt so good hearing him say those words out loud. Hearing, like, none of the Spurs ever talk about how much we don't like the Lakers. Yeah. Until that moment happened, and then you're like, oh, okay, y'all felt the same. Good, thank God. So, so he's, let's, he's give him, let's give him the postseason heat check. All right. Because that's <laughs> calling them a so-called dynasty is a heat it's check. It's beautiful. The uh, half-baked big picture take, I already gave it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What? I didn't do my uh, Grady Little Award for biggest coaching F up. Oh, yeah. I had— um, You had Phil. I had I did just let Slava cook. Slava was in the kitchen. <laughs> He's making cookies. He's making steak. Like let the man cook. Okay, here's one, and I don't know if this is insensitive or not. Okay, but I love that. I'm always excited <laughs> when somebody starts it that way. Phil Jackson underwent an angioplasty. Yeah, he did for the a blocked game artery on Saturday, May 10. He missed Game Four on Sunday, May 11, and they won that game. He returned Game Five on May 13, and they lost that game. Sit the game out, Phil. Let the team go. If, yeah. if Phil misses the game, if he like t- takes the rest he he deserves in that situation, the Lakers win. So they, they win the title. They interviewed Jeannie Buss during the game about Phil's health. Mm-hmm. I had that for unintentional comedy moment just because it was funny that they were interviewing somebody's girlfriend about their health as, <laughs> as they're coaching a basketball game. Tim McCarver. Oh, my half big big picture take is that Jerry West ruined the Shaq Kobe Lakers, not Shaq and Kobe. He just didn't put enough good players around him. Yeah, okay. I said it's half baked. It's I'm not a, fully cooked. It hasn't been in the oven long enough. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go with you on that one. I had a I had a different one, and we had already sort of walked towards it before about they should have lost in 2000. If Timmy doesn't get hurt, they should have lost. No, in that's, 2002. that's that might be the right take. Yeah, because Robinson was still good at that point. Still good. Yeah. Popovich shut him down. Smart play. I think the over-under for I have Shaq and Kobe on the same team, how many titles are they going to win, was probably three, and they won three. Because you figure, like, somebody's going to get hurt at some point. Nobody really did for them. They never had that one asterisk season where it's like, oh, we would have won an 0-1 if Kobe hadn't gotten hurt. So so here's a, a, the second part of that, and this is, a, this is you know, one of your unanswerable questions. But if Timmy doesn't get hurt, or if he, if he comes back and he plays in the playoffs and the Spurs win and the Lakers lose again, at this point, they would have lost uh, four years in a row with Shaq and Kobe. Yeah. Do you do they do they make a move? Start like, shopping. This, this somebody. isn't gonna, this isn't working out. I don't think. Or is that too early? I gotta say, I felt like 2000. They were winning that whole time. I know. I know. I like the take. I support the take. I applaud <laughs> the take. But okay. that whole year was like they All won right. 67 games. I'm squinting my eyes. Shaq a bit. was Shaq was kicking ass. It really would have been amazing for Duncan to beat them. The Tim McCarver Memorial Broadcast Team Complaint Corner category. I'm giving this to the two Turkish guides <laughs> on YouTube. From the thing you- Who talked over the, <laughs> the game. The only copy of this game is the entire broadcast. And Mark Marv Albert and Mike Fratello, nice quality. Only problem is it's from some guy in Turkey and him and his buddy are just talking over and they're like, like just, you can't even, it's not even like they're excitedly trying to announce or anything. They're just kind of babbling. I, yeah. It's like, Hey guys, could, can we, can I just hear Marv Albert? I'm here over here in America. <laughs> so you said, Hey, do you want to do this podcast? I said, sure. He said, you're going to do this game. I said, all right, cool. And you said, I'm going to send you the game. And then you sent me that but, and I opened it 
And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> He's got to mute it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what to My I wife came home last night <laughs> and she came back from a play and she's like getting on, you know, changing into night clothes, all that stuff. And she just hears these two Turkish guys yelling and talking. And she's Did like, you pretend like you like, spoke what are you Turkish? Watching? I'm like, it's a long story. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Apex Mountain. Um, oh, we should mention Marv's great in this game. This is like real old school Marv. Like, here's Hori for three. I, you know, he I, did the great voice jump on it. Yes. That was in and out. I, I wish that there was a way that we could have. And it, maybe there's, there actually, it doesn't, this is not impossible. But Computer Marv? No. Can we get, can we get an announcer from today to call older games? Like, I would love a Doris Burke version of that game. How about a Bill Simmons, Jay Serrano version? No, Somebody I would go Doris us. Burke Cut for us it. a check. <laughs> Apex Mountain. Tim Duncan, I mean, this is definition of Apex Mountain. You could make a Kobe case from kind of peak athletic ability standpoint, Kobe, but not from actual, not actual putting it all together. I would, I would say 06 ability. was his Apex Mountain. I thought he was incredible in 06. Captain Jack, it's either this or going into the stands in Detroit, one or the other. It's, it's, or maybe coming on the Grantland basketball. I don't know. It's one of those three. <laughs> Manu's hair, Apex Mountain. <laughs> no, it's never 2005. 2005 is the flowing locks. Is the Apex Mountain. Slava Madvidenko, no question. Apex Mountain. Speedy Claxton. Um, Phil Phil Jackson's internist who got interviewed with Jeannie Buss in this game. This was definitely his Apex Mountain. Apex Mountain. Um, I don't know. What? I, that's it, really. Everybody else is either old or young. Yeah, they're either on the way up, like uh, Popovich, or right, on the, or on the way, way up, down. Or on the way up. Funniest in-game network promo or moment? They show an in-game graphic promo for NBA.com, and it says, "Go to NBA.com AOL keyword NBA.com." Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, "Yeah, that's the one." AOL keywords. <laughs> <laughs> we, should we mention you still have an AOL email address, which yeah, is the weirdest but they don't, thing? We don't have keywords anymore. <laughs> keywords are long gone. Um, I did unintentional comedy. We do. I really didn't have an in answerable questions. Did you? No, I had the one about we, do, they, do they break up? Do they break up the Lakers if they lose that one? But I think you've. I think you've. Come I out. guess my only unanswerable one is eight years of Shaq and Kobe. Too many, too few, or the right number? Because you is, could make a case it would have been more fun for them just to have basically never been on the same team after two thousand, and Kobe just gets his own team. I don't think you can make that case. I think you need, in the history of the NBA, I think you need the Shaq and Kobe That's Lakers. how I feel. But I'm saying you can make a case now I, that we're in this world where everybody kind of has their right. own gang, so to speak. That I, the I, Kobe gang could have been fun. I love when you when you have like a period in the NBA where there's a there's an obvious villain. There's a there's a team that they don't they don't care that everybody hates them because they're gonna just win anyway. I, I I like that. I like I like the Warriors for that when they were just running through everybody. I like the when LeBron was in Miami. I like the NBA to have that team. It is funny. This is another great great example of you can't assume anything in basketball. That's why I'm always I've written this a million times. When you have a chance to win the title, go for it. You have to. When that, your window is now, it's starting now. Like don't think like. What OKC did with the Harden trade, which I've talked about a million times, you can't assume three years from now it's going to no. be the same. You can't assume your guys are going to be healthy. You can't take anything for granted. There's never been a better example than what Toronto did this year. Yeah. Like, we, it, we have to go for it. Let's, Let's go do for it. it. And we, then, we're screwed anyway. Hopefully it breaks in our favor and it broke in their favor. And there you go. They got their title. Yeah. Uh, who won the game? Who won the game? It's got to be Tim, right? 
It's the beginning of his legend. This is like the next game is the start. It's weird. It wasn't his best game, Tim but Duncan. yeah, it's yeah, not the game itself, but like what it sets up. He had to kind of. This was the action movie where he had to escape to then execute his plan. Yeah. So this is the one where he's basically getting shot at and he shouldn't have gone right. And, oh, my God, how am I going to get out of here? And he gets out. And then the next game is like, we're going back there. We're killing everybody. Yeah. Which is what he does. The so there's game. a Tim Duncan argument. There's a Popovich argument. Yeah. Um, we, we haven't even really spoken much about him, but David Robinson gets to end his career with the title which is beautiful because he had taken all of those years of criticism of not winning one, and then he won it in 99. And then he announced ahead of time that he was retiring in 2003. This wasn't like, I won, let me tell y'all I'm going to retire. Yeah, this we was, knew it was coming. I'm putting my cards out there. Everybody knows this is going to be my last go-around. And then he has, I think he has the soundbite of the season when he talks about that specific play, that specific Robert Ory shot. He's, he's explaining they're watching it go up, bounces around and pops out, and he says, Something close to sometimes a thing will happen during an NBA season when you realize you're going to win the championship. Like, it's our time. And Robert already missing that shot solidified in my heart that this was our time to win the title. I'm going to leave you with this on this pod. Um, as you know, I'm a Celtics fan. I heard. Going to a lot of games back then in Boston because my dad didn't want to go see the team. Thought we were getting Duncan in 97. Didn't get him. Whoops. Oh, one, we passed Tony Parker three times, Whoops. including the third time where he we all thought we were taking him the, the third time. Yeah, he had we, the hat and everything. I did a podcast with him during one of the All Star weekends six years ago and asked him the whole story. And they told, he told the whole, I had the hat. They told me I was going there. Somehow we didn't take him. Bruce Bowen, he was on the Celtics for two years and then Patino didn't like him and just kind of dumped him and was somebody that, I have old web columns from way back when, but I was like, Bruce Bowen's going to be on an important team at some point. Like this guy's one of the most amazing defenders I've ever seen in my life. Um, I felt like real anger watching this 03 Spurs with like those Did three guys. Really? Yeah, I was like- That should be us? I was like, we easily could have had Duncan and Parker. Like we could have just won the lottery <laughs> and we could have drafted Parker four years later. Like, ah! I'm so glad y'all did it. And then Bruce Bowen's in there. I was just mad. So um, yeah, I just want to tell you that. Thank you. Yeah. Like, like, that actually makes me feel good. In case you're like, like I feel good that you fuck felt that bad. Simmons. I need something. <laughs> oh yeah, he felt bad about the 03 Spurs. Uh, Book of Basketball Pod, Chase Serrano. Thank you. Thank you. And just a heads up: last week is the last episode of season one of the Book of Basketball 2.0 podcast. Until then. <laughs>